rage. So that is an option for any of you. All right. It's good to be back together. Amen. This is a lot of fun. This is pretty cool. So a lot of work went into this. Thank you, everyone, like Kevin said, to get this ready. Uh, I want to thank our executive, Pastor Kerry. A lot of work to make sure we're compliant. So here we go. Uh, Pierce County is now in phase two. So hopefully a few weeks from now, it'll get phase three and more relaxed and more relaxed. So uh, yeah, we're just trying to uh, do the right thing. Amen. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, do you find a lot of chaos around you right now in this world? Have you noticed? No, you haven't noticed? All right. So you've been living under a rock. There you go. Man, there is so much going on in the world. I feel like I'm reading a fiction novel right now. Do you ever feel that way? Do you just feel like, what is happening? When do I wake up from this? This morning, I want to talk about something that's going on in our world. I want to talk to you about how we respond to events in our world. So I think the church is positioned in Christ to respond to the world in a way that is different than the world responds to the world. Amen? Do you find that God has called us to a higher calling? And I want to talk this morning about how we respond to tragedy, how we respond to injustice, how we respond to division and fear and sorrow. And I will, I will tell you this morning, some of you, this might make you feel uncomfortable. This talk, it might make you upset. It might make you want to leave the church. Don't do that, please. Talk to me. I've got to talk to you. Here, here's what I know. As a pastor and as pastors, please pray for pastors all over our nation right now because as pastors, we regularly bring the truth of God, the word of God, the message of God, and, and on Sundays, we bring perspective and understanding and clarity, but in this season, it's different. I believe God has called pastors to bring the heart of God. And this morning, I want to bring you the heart of God. And I want to just talk about what's happening in our world for a few minutes. And so my, my hope here isn't to, to try to place an opinion on you. I'm not, I don't want to share opinions about what's happening in our world, reactions to that. There is, listen, I am not the most political person. My, uh, my king is Jesus, all right? God has placed authorities over us, which is why we're wearing masks, even if we don't want to. All right, so this is kind of like, this, this is kind of, it's not fair, I got to take mine off so I could, I could preach, so I feel like, all right, so, um, but this is where we're at, this is where our world's at, and I think it's important that as Christians we get it right, that we respond correctly to, with the heart of God to our world, and so you've probably heard at this point, and if you haven't, then, then I, I don't know what to say to you, but uh, the death of George Floyd has sparked a national reaction. You probably noticed this, okay? It's, it, it's, the reactions are all over the board, and I recognize that there are different responses and different opinions here in this very tent, but the one response that should unite us is responding with the heart of God, okay? That should be uniting us, and the world desperately needs to see God's heart in situations like these, so we've got to know his heart. We've got to know what his heart is. And that's my intention today, not to change your mind, not to change your opinion, but to show you the Lord's heart and then allow the Holy Spirit to lead you as you respond to the world. All right. So we're going to talk about just some practical things here. Uh, Just first things first, because I want to, I want to set ground rules for this conversation here for this talk. Um, Here's some, here's some things that we need to understand. All right. The first is this, the black community is hurting. Okay. 
This is a reality. The black community is hurting, okay? So I, I know that, you know, people post different things. I'm not here to talk about statistics, about fault. I'm here to talk about healing, okay? This is the heart of God, healing. And we must acknowledge that there is a hurting that is happening in the black community right now. We must acknowledge that. It is a reality, all right? The second ground rule of this talk is this. Stereotypes will not help this conversation. Stereotypes will not help, okay? And I want to give you a few stereotypes that aren't going to help. First of all, police officers as a whole are not racist, okay? So, so let's throw that stereotype out for a second. The majority of them are good men and women who signed up to serve and protect, all right? And they still deserve our honor and respect, Okay, they still deserve our honor and respect. Just as one Christian doing something horrific, you wouldn't want that to define all Christians. All right? One police officer doing something horrific, I think we can agree on that. That doesn't define all police officers. I have friends who are police officers. We need to be praying for them because their families are fearing for the lives of their fathers and mothers right now. Okay, so we still honor and respect them, and we must acknowledge that we can't generalize that every police officer is racist, all right? This must be the first stereotype that we can't buy into. The second is this, is that being white is not a sin. It is not a sin. All white people are not racist, and, and my hope is, is that no one here is racist. We should have the heart of God. There are both white racists and black racists that exist in fallen humanity. And we have to acknowledge that, all right? So I want, you to, I want to set you free this morning. You do not have an obligation to feel guilty about something that you aren't connected to, all right? There is no obligation. You, you don't have to have, some of you want to take on a this sense of guilt. You don't have to. You, if you feel like the Lord is placing a burden on you for that, then you go to the Lord and you grieve and you mourn. But there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And, and if you have a pure heart before God toward humanity, there is no obligation for you to feel a, a guilt because manufacturing a false sense of guilt will not bring healing, okay? Stereotype number two. The third is this. Being black does not make anybody less of a person, an American, and especially a brother and sister in Christ. It does not. And I refuse to buy in to that. I refuse to give in to that. Listen, did you know that there is a higher percentage of black Christians in that demographic than white Christians in that demographic? All right? So the chances are that, that if, if someone who may have a different skin color than you, the chances are they are a brother and sister in Christ. Statistically, it's like up in the 70 to 80%. Okay? We must get stereotypes out of our hearts. Okay? You, you, a black person is not a criminal or a thug or whatever. Derogatory terms that break my heart that have been spoken. Because it's not true. I will not buy into labels that society has put on my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. All right? And so I pray for them. I pray for people of all color. I pray, pray for our black community who is hurting. And I pray for our police officers. My, my good friend Jacob Rivera, and you may even know him, he happens to be a black man. He's in the National Guard, and he's been sent out to help work on riots right now. My heart is with him. All right? So, so my heart is with God's people and with our world. And so if we can just recognize these truths, that the black community is hurting, 
And number two, that stereotypes don't help, then we can have a Christ-centered response to the events in our world. All right, so I want to share with you God's heart, and then I believe God's given me a word toward this on response. Two things that I feel like are important as I share what God's heart is. The first is God's heart is compassion and empathy. And I, I want you to know that, man, I just want the Lord to speak right now. This has been a heavy word. I was up to 1130 last night just laboring over the heart of God. And God's heart is compassion and empathy. You've probably read the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke 10. You may know it well. A man who was beaten by the side of the road and two people walked by. They happened to be like people who worked for the church. Oops, that's not a good look right there. But a third person walked by and helped this man. And Jesus asks the people here in Luke chapter 10, he asks them this. And I didn't write down what verse it was, but we'll... Verse 36, Luke ten thirty-six. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy, and Jesus said, go and do likewise. This is the heart of God. We read over and over throughout the Gospels, the ministry of Jesus, it says, and he had compassion on them. This is the heart of God. It's part of the character of God, and as Christians, we are to carry the heart of compassion to our world. Okay, so when I talk compassion, that compassion is, is that, that feeling and that, that, that place in which our heart breaks for someone who is hurting. All right, that's compassion. But then there's also this idea of empathy. What is empathy? Empathy is seeking to understand the pain of others. Seeking to understand the feelings and the pain of others. One of the things I've been doing over the last few weeks, or maybe a few days, is seeking understanding. I've been doing a lot of seeking understanding because I don't have the same perspective as everybody who's hurting right now. And so I've been seeking understanding. And here's one of the things that I've come to realize is that past wounds can bring fresh pain. All right. So you, you may have things in your life that happened and, and when you were very young and a situation comes up and all of a sudden that pain is as real as it is today as it was then. And, and you may have not had it happen to you. You may have heard your parents talk about a pain in their life or your grandparents talk about a pain in their life. And when it, something comes up that sparks something in you, old and past wounds can bring fresh pain. And I want to just acknowledge that we, we've Man, my wife and I, we've been having like hours-long conversations about this. And one of the things that I feel like God's showed me that's, that, that, and that I've learned through this whole thing is, is, you know, what I hear from a lot of people is, um, is, is why isn't there outrage when a, when a white man is killed unjustly, okay? Uh, well, I'm not here to talk about that, but here's, here's what I will say. There's never been a time in American history where a, a white man was considered less than human, okay? So past wounds bring fresh pain. And so we have to acknowledge that there are past wounds in our culture. That doesn't mean that there's things happening here to that level, but those past wounds can bring fresh pain. And so what we're seeing, I believe, right now in our society and all over the world even is fresh pain from old wounds. That is what we are seeing. We may not understand it or agree with it or believe it, but we can carry the heart of Jesus with compassion to our world and understand that this is the heart of God, that we take God with us. 
I, I, I want to believe in humanity. It's hard because we know what humanity is like without Jesus. But I, but I really do believe that, um, that as a whole, America is not in our hearts and feelings toward others, the people that aren't like us, as heinous as it looks right now. But I do believe that past wounds are bringing fresh pain. And we acknowledge that. The second thing, God's heart is the value of life. Okay, value of life. Life matters. If I haven't said this before, you need to know what? I am pro-life. I'm pro-life. Life matters. Psalm 139, 13 and 14 says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. God is the one who breathes life into mankind, and it breaks his heart. It breaks his heart when life isn't valued. Genesis 1.27, it says, God created man in his own image. And so we are the image bearers of God, and you were made. I want you to know this this morning. You were made in the image of God, and you are highly valued by God. You were made in the image of God, and you are highly valued by God. And the same truth goes for every man and woman on this earth, regardless of location, race, value system, and opinions. Life must be valued. Life must be valued. In fact, valuing life is a prerequisite to sharing the gospel. If you want to be someone who brings the gospel to this world, you must first value life. Why would you share the gospel in the hope of eternal life with Jesus if you didn't value the person? If it was someone that you didn't value, then why would you want to give them hope? But see, you must value life first, and once you value life, then you can bring the abundant life that is in Christ Jesus. And so this is God's heart. We will lead those to Jesus who we value. And so God's heart is compassion and empathy, and God's heart is valuing life. Now I want to come back to Acts chapter 2. I know we've been hanging out here for quite a, quite a while. I just can't get away from Acts chapter 2. All right, last week we had a drive-in Pentecost service. It was awesome. And it was not raining, so that was helpful. So we didn't have a tent. We celebrated Pentecost. We talked about what it was. Pentecost was this. Jesus' followers from all over had, had gathered, all right? So here we have. We have these followers of Jesus. They're together in one place on Pentecost. Do you remember what happened on Pentecost? You remember the sound of the mighty wind? All right? So who remembers what happened when they were in that room praying? Anyone? Tongues of fire. What else happened? Anything else? Holy Spirit poured out. They're in one accord. Okay? And they were, given new, they were given new tongues, it says. They were given new languages to speak. All right, so this is what happened at Pentecost. It says that the Holy Spirit came into that place, filled the house, filled the believers, and filled their tongues, their mouths, with new language. So it says they begin to speak in other tongues, or what you could say is in other languages. I want to check this out in Acts chapter 2, because I think this is really important to our, I've, in fact, I, I would say this is the critical piece of our response to our world. I believe God's going to give us something incredible here today. Acts chapter 2, verse 5. We'll start there. It says, now, I'm going to butcher a lot of these names of these countries, but just bear with me. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Every nation. Say every nation. Okay, so it was all over, every nation. 
And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all of those who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. So here's what we got going on in this place. Imagine it. People from every race, every culture, every nation had gathered and some Christians got together and started praying and seeking God. And all of a sudden, everybody around says, what is going on? I'm hearing these ordinary people that don't speak my language. All of a sudden, I'm hearing them proclaim the works of God in my language. How is this possible? You guys, this ordinary Christian men and women... They started speaking Persian and Italian and Swahili and Arabic and Latin and Turkish. All of a sudden, they're speaking all these languages all over the world. They're speaking, and the people couldn't believe it. Wouldn't that freak you out just a little bit? Wouldn't that freak you out if you were to go visit a foreign country that English was not the primary language? I mean, English is kind of well-known in all the world, so it's maybe not the best example. But I, I was... When I was young, grr, I'm going to hold on to that. <laughs> I'm holding on. I spent three summers in, in Mexico, and I was in a part of Mexico where it really, I think there were two people in the whole region, in the area, in the town that spoke English. Um, it would have tripped me out if I was in a meeting, because I would meet with pastors of different churches um, who only spoke Spanish, and it would have freaked me out if at one point in the time of prayer they would have just started speaking English. It probably would have freaked them out too, honestly. Like, I can't imagine what that was like in this place. So the people are gathered, and they couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe it. How am I hearing this? How are they speaking Swahili? How are they speaking Turkish? How are they speaking Persian? I don't, I don't get it. Church, don't miss this. The Holy Spirit placed in the mouths of believers new language that connected with them with cultures that they knew very little about. The Holy Spirit placed in their mouths a new language to connect them to other cultures and other races And I believe in this time, in this time, in this hour, God wants to give his church new language to reach our world. That's what I believe God is doing right now in the church, that he, if we will press into his heart, if we will understand the heart of God, I believe that God will give us new language because the language that I see happening in the world isn't necessarily bringing unity and healing. But I believe that the church of Jesus Christ will be that agent who will bring new language to our world and bring healing to the world in which we live in. New language that breaks down walls. New language that destroys barriers. New language that exposes strongholds. We must not allow the enemy to sow division in our hearts. We cannot allow it. You know, if you pay any attention to what's happening in our world right now, here's what happens. I believe this is a plan straight from hell. 
And I here's the plan straight from hell, I believe. Choose sides. Choose a side. You must. Listen, I'm siding with Jesus. And his heart for those who are hurting, his heart for those who are broken, I'm siding with Jesus. Look, there are a lot of causes out in our world right now. But we must first, like Jesus, be about our Father's business. The cause that I want to be a part of is the cause of Christ that brings healing to our world. And if we're going to side with Jesus, we've got to be about the Father's business. That is, that is our calling. Because in this whole thing, let me tell you, Jesus is the bridge. You've got sides. You know, there's only supposed to be like two sides, but somehow there's like 20 sides. Jesus is the bridge that covers them all. Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus is a bridge to hope? And I hope you believe that in your life because we need hope. Jesus is a bridge to reconciliation. He is the bridge. He is the bridge to healing. And I believe that he will use his church if we allow him to be the bridge. Be the bridge, and that bridge begins in prayer. Prayer. Now, some of you say, I don't know, it just feels like I'm not doing anything. Listen, the best thing you can do right now, if you haven't done anything else, is start praying. You know one of the things that would change your heart the most? Pray for someone you don't understand. If you've got someone in your world that you don't understand, if you're watching news and you're saying, I just don't get it, pray for who you don't get. Pray for someone that you don't understand. If you're angry at someone, pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Now, now I know what your prayer is going to sound like. Now, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would, what was it, that movie that was so holy, Bruce Almighty, right? Smite them, O smiter, or something like that, right? That's not the kind of prayer I'm talking about. You pray the heart of God. When we start in prayer, we say, God, would you give me your heart? Because I don't think I'm seeing your heart. If, if you have this, this, this wedge between you and someone else, or you have this division, pray for them. Pray for them. Listen, I believe this. You know, people, people are... Um, I, I don't want to say it doesn't matter at all, because I think it does matter. Sometimes social media kind of gives us like this feeling that we've done something good or great. We've posted something. Well, sometimes we feel like we posted something and uh, all it does is spark an argument. So often when we post, it sparks division. So we post things and we say, okay, I posted something. I feel better. But I believe if the body of Christ, (laughs) oh man, come on, get this. If the body of Christ did as much praying as they did posting, we would see a move of God unrivaled in history. And this is what I think we have to begin. We have to become a people who pray because I want to see a move of God that is unrivaled in history. But it begins with prayer. It begins when, you, when you're watching something, and now, you know what? You watch that just makes me mad. Just makes me mad. I don't know what makes you mad. I don't know if, what makes you mad. Are you, are, are you, are you mad that, that the person who, who, who killed someone, pray for them anyway? Are you mad that someone's rioting and looting, pray for them. They need prayer, not judgment. We need to be praying for our world because our world is hurting and they need Jesus. And I want to challenge you this week, pray for someone you don't understand. It, 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 might, it might be someone you live with. It doesn't have to be someone else all over the world, right? Pray for someone you don't understand. 
and watch what God will do. Pray for someone. Pray for someone who you don't like. Oh, I can't think of anyone. Oh, okay, you're right. You're so perfect and holy. No, you can think of someone, I promise. <laughs> pray for someone you don't like. Pray for someone you're angry with. Or just pray for someone you disagree with. You know, you can disagree and still, like, be okay with people. You can disagree. I know, it's wild. It's a crazy idea. But if you disagree with them, pray for them. Not pray, Lord, I pray that they would see it my way. No, 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 no. No. God, would you give me your heart for this person? God, would you, would you show them your heart? Would you show them how much you value them? Pray for people you disagree with and let God use you to be the bridge for reconciliation. Let God use you to be a bridge to reconciliation because I believe that if we start praying, God's going to start giving us new language. He's going to start giving us a new language. I, I, I see in our world, it seems like there's only so many things that you either say this or you say this. And I think God says, no, I'm going to give you a language that is a bridge to bring healing to this world. And that is our calling. Mike, can you join me up here as we close out this morning? Will you stand with me as I, I want to read this last scripture over you? We are called to be a bridge to reconciliation. And I want to charge you with this out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 18 through 20. It says, All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed us to the message of reconciliation. Will you commit to the message of reconciliation? Would you commit to being the bridge? We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We must be the bridge. And we must begin to pray. And we must begin to ask God, God, give me new language to speak into situations that are difficult. Lord Jesus, we come before you this morning. I thank you for your heart that you have showed us. I thank you for compassion and empathy and the value of life. And I pray right now for your church that we would receive a new language to reach our culture. That we would begin to see, that, that we wouldn't be seen the same way we've always been seen either. But Lord, that you would give us new language to reach. That you would give us new language to be a bridge. That you would give us new language to be a, that bridge to reconciliation. We go out today as your ambassadors. We represent you, Jesus, in your heart. We come together as one voice, as one church. The body of Christ in unity. The body of Christ with so many different parts, so many differences, so many gifts and so many functions and so many personalities. And we come together in one voice and we say, God, make us a bridge of hope to this world. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. Will you sing this chorus with us this morning? To our God, we lift up one voice.